0: Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, and we're going to be in verses 30 and 31 tonight. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 30, verses, Proverbs 21 verses 30 and 31. There, we'll, we'll get it straight. But. As we're turning there, we'll go ahead and read, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get started. The Bible says, There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you tonight again, and we just thank you for the opportunity we have to open up your word. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be able to speak tonight, and that your word would be clear, that I wouldn't say anything I shouldn't say, Lord, and that... um, Your word would be free to speak to hearts, including mine tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, before I get started, I want to make sure I give some credit where credit is due. Um, I don't want to be guilty of perjury or whatever what they say in the papers. Now I can't remember the term. Whatever. I heard it enough in college. Now I can't remember it. Plagiarism. There we go. I know it's not perjury. That's court. But... um, I was, I was studying for the sermon. I always enjoyed, um, we read through the Proverbs as a family in the Bible reading schedule. And we came across this verse, I was a boy and I always remembered, you know, horses battle. Oh, yeah. And that was one of my, I enjoyed hearing about the verse. And I had done a little bit of studying on it. And then um, for this message, I've done um, some study for it. But I heard a message actually by Brother Sam preached. And I'm going to use one phrase that Brother Sam used because I just can't say it any better myself. So I'm just get, I'm going to use some of that. He preached an amazing message out of that. I am not going to try to duplicate it, but I am going to use some things that he said just because it was good. But going into this, this is an amazing passage from the Bible that really speaks to us today and has a lot of carryover. It, and I'm calling the message tonight, the title is, Two Principles That Will Guide Your Life. Two Principles That Should Guide Your Life. I remember growing up, or as I'm working with kids, even my brothers and sisters, if we're playing a game or whatever, I say, if you want to enjoy the game, or if I am in children's church and I'm talking to the kids, I say, if you want to enjoy being in children's church tonight, you need to obey the rules. There are certain rules... That if you listen to me like you're quiet, you sit in your seats, you don't talk out of turn, we can have a great time. We can have a great time here in junior church, or we can have a great time playing baseball or basketball when we play by the rules. When I played basketball at Hartland, I hated it when you had some freshman come in there who thought he knew everything and he was gonna. I'm just like, we're at Bible college. We're not. We're not in competition. Chill out a little bit. Let's just have some fun. If you obey the rules, you can enjoy what's going on. And there's some certain guiding rules and principles to everything we do that can make an activity very safe and enjoyable. Before I ever handled my first firearm, my dad drilled into me. And pounded into my thick skull some very important principles that if I was going to be able to enjoy some time with a firearm, I had to have these down pat. Always treat a gun like it is loaded, and you cannot make a mistake with a gun. Until I had not only quoting that to him, but I had the idea, my dad wasn't going to let me handle a loaded gun. Why? Because it wouldn't have been safe. It wouldn't have been safe for him, myself, anybody around me without obeying those two rules. How about some principles for driving? I'm working on getting my New York City CDL and they have a manual. So many, well, not quite, but it's all computerized now. But they have a manual on you have to do this. Your tires have to have this much tread depth on the front. They cannot, you know, and you're going through and they have all these rules. Why? Because they want people to drive these massive vehicles safely. When some people you look at their driving, and say apparently they wouldn't pay any attention to the rules and you blow their horn at them and your horn and let them know that they are not obeying the rules. But as we're working at union, you know, for working with electricity, there's rules for working with electricity. There is rules for working on scaffolding for almost anything you do in life. If you want to do it safely, if you want to be able to enjoy what you're doing, there's certain rules that apply, that allow you to do what you're trying to do safely and correctly. Well, there's also some principles and rules that should guide not a certain activity, but your entire life, that guide how you live your life. Each decision you make, there's some principles from God's Word that guide how you make those decisions. And there's two principles in these two verses, one in each one, That are very, very simple. In fact, they could almost be called, they should be called, common sense. I'm not going to preach anything new to you tonight. I'm not going to, because there's nothing new in the Bible. It's been there for 2,000 years. You know, we can read the Bible, and that's what's there. I'm not going to preach anything new to you tonight. I'm just going to remind you of some of the things that have been in the Bible, and that we need to, I need to be reminded of so many times. Verse number 30 There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. Simply, there is no human thought process or ability that negates what God has already said in His Word. What God has already said, there's no human reasoning, wisdom, understanding. That's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. Let's look at it. It says, there is no wisdom nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. We look at the person who wrote the book of Proverbs was Solomon. We look at some of his later writings in Ecclesiastes. And he said, I communed with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. We look at Solomon, who was... Absolutely the smartest man who has ever lived. He had the most wisdom, the most experience, the most riches. Everything that man could possibly have, he had it to the utmost extreme. God gave Solomon wisdom. But when he ignored the wisdom that God had given him in his word, when he decided, I'm going to go experience life my way, suddenly we now call him the world's wisest fool because he took what God's word had said and he ignored it and he went and he married a thousand wives is what the Bible said and they drew his heart away and the person who built the temple in Jerusalem for God ended up also building temples in in Jerusalem to worship false gods Solomon in all of his wisdom when he turned from God found his life empty in vain but he wrote this at the beginning of his life, and he's challenging his son and us today that there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is the Lord. Proverbs nine ten says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs fifteen thirty three the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Can I just be honest tonight? I. Well, I want to be honest all the time, but Andrew Montoro is not smarter than God is, and you aren't either. None of us can claim that we have a handle on wisdom, that we are able to say, you know what? I have just got it. I have read enough books. I have enough wisdom up here. I just, I just know things. There's some people who you can ask them, they just know how to get places, how to do things. They just know how to do it. And you say, yeah, they know how to do it. But their wisdom, if it contradicts what God has already said in in his word, there's no wisdom against God. It doesn't matter how smart you are, you cannot get around what God has already said in his word. God has already set up so many things in his his word. God has laid down some laws. And I don't care how smart you are, you're not going to get around it. I don't care how great your understanding is. That's what he says. There's no understanding against God. Understanding is simply this. Knowledge about a subject or situation or how something works. You've got wisdom. Just someone is wise. They just know how to do things. Someone's understanding goes right along with it. They just know how things work. They know how to do great things. Human reasoning can Agree with God and can contradict God, but it never can overcome God. Human reasoning can never—you can never get around what God has already said in His Word, with our reasoning, with our understanding, with how we view a situation. So oftentimes people come, um, come and talk to pastor, or come and come to church and say, "Well, you just don't know about my situation." You know, that's that was great and all back in back in Jesus's day. You know, that was great back when the disciples were living. But you know, we live in the 21st century now. The Bible really, you know, our culture doesn't really agree with what the Bible says. You know, what they say in the colleges that really isn't, you know, that's more important than what the Bible says. No, what the Bible says here is it doesn't matter how great your understanding is. It doesn't matter how much you know about this situation or how much you know about what society says about morality or what the society says about ethics or what the society says about honesty and living rightly and purity. It's what the Bible says. There is no wisdom. There is no understanding. And there's no counsel against God. Well, some people say, "Well, I know I'm not that smart." But you see, I know people. I can go and I can talk to this guy and I don't know everything, but he knows everything. I'm going to go get some advice from this guy. I'm going to go talk Let me talk to your Let me talk to my lawyer first. Let me talk to my lawyer. And what God is saying here through Solomon, what he's written in his word is it doesn't matter how much wisdom it doesn't matter how much understanding you have. It doesn't matter how much counsel you have. It doesn't matter. You can go to the greatest sources and get all the advice you want. You could read mountains of books and they're out there. You can get so lost in even quote-unquote theology books that are going to teach you how to be a great Christian and win the entire world for Christ. Excuse me. But, no. If that contradicts the Bible, if that goes against what God has already said in his word, such as that God wants to save everyone, speaking against Calvinism, there is, you can read just thousands and thousands and spend your entire life reading after men who don't agree with God's word. And what God is challenging us here today is you can get all the counsel you want. You can read all the books you want. You can be as wise as you want. You could be as wise as Solomon, which no one in this room will ever be. But if what you're doing is against what God has already said in your Bible, said in His word, there is it doesn't matter how great your wisdom you think your wisdom is it doesn't matter how great they say their counsel is there is no wisdom there is no understanding there is no counsel against god there's no counsel that reaches to the same level as god god has got the corner on the market in fact he's got the entire market there is there is no coming in and saying well i've got a little bit no god has complete Grasp on what truth is. Because God is truth. What God has said in His Word is exactly what is right. And if it disagrees, if what someone says, or what we think about this situation, disagrees with what God's Word has said, it's wrong. I believe everyone in this room would agree with that statement. If I said... The Bible is 100% correct. I would get amens. People would say, that's right. Everything the Bible says is true. Yes, amen. The Bible is God's word. It should dictate how we live our lives. Amen. That is true. But so often, I know in my own life, when it comes to a certain situation that, well, you know, this is a special situation. Why? Because it's my situation. So often it's, it's, the Bible applies to everything till it's my situation. And we can say, well, I just really need to figure this out. Well, God's word has already settled the issue. So don't fight against God. That's the application from this, from this thing. The, the um, principle from this verse, verse number 30, that there is no wisdom, no understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. You cannot fight against God and win. Whatever the situation you're looking at, it. If you're looking at your finances, we know what the Bible says. Or if you don't know, you could come to Pastor. You could come to myself. We can show you from the Bible what God has to say about your finances. That the ten percent belongs to God. But you don't know what debt I'm in. You don't know what I'm doing. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel. Against the Lord. Well, we just love each other. Well, this is what the Bible says. But the Bible, does it really say that? There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. What about visitation? Pastor's been doing a series on Sunday nights, if you've been here, about witnessing and how to witness and how to witness to your co workers and showing up on visitation. And we've had some more people coming out on visitation, and it's been a blessing. But say, I just don't know if I can make time for that. Well, you might not be able to make the regular visitations. But every due to work or some, something that you can't really control. But every one of us needs to be a witness. Every one of us needs to be sharing God's word. And say, well, I'm just scared. Or, I don't know. There's no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. If God is telling you to do something, if God's word is clear and has instructed you to do something, It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how big a grasp on the situation you have. It doesn't matter who you've talked to, who just is in the know and can give you the best advice. It doesn't matter which book you're reading that tells you how you can be a successful Christian. If it goes against what God's Word has already said, it's worthless. You cannot fight against God. Because there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against God. Psalms 147 5 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Proverbs 2 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Psalms 33.11 says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations. What does God want you to do? There's things in each one of our lives that God wants us to do. And if it we shouldn't try to explain it away. We shouldn't try to duck it through reasoning or... We're not going to get away with it. God has spoken through His Word. There's no wisdom, no understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. Principle number two. Verse number 31. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. There is no true security in trouble outside of God. The verse here says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle. Preparation, if you're going into battle, preparation is very, very important. God is not condemning preparation here. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 24, just a few chapters later, it says, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards. Build thine house. Basically saying, you need before you worry about your comforts and all that, you need to be prepared. You need to put the preparation in. Also in chapter number 30, it says, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer, saying to the sluggard, go to the ant, consider her ways, because she, the ant takes care of things in the proper time and prepares for the coming winter. God is not condemning preparation here. That's not what God is doing. We should be as prepared as we can for whatever trouble happens to come. My dad tells a story about a man who there was a flood coming. And the truck drove by from the um, news station and from the police department and said, Hey, you need to get out of here. There's a flood coming. Your house is in the flood zone. You're gonna, your house is going to get um, completely covered in water. You need to get out of here. No, 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 no. I'm waiting on God to save me. I'm waiting on God to save me. And they, the police officer looks at him really weird and drives on. Pretty soon the water comes up and they come by in a speedboat and say, Hey, you need to get out of here. The water's coming up. You can kind of tell now. He says, No, 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 no. I'm waiting on God to save me. Finally a helicopter comes and he's sitting on the roof. And the water's coming up. It's like, We're here to get you out. We're trying to save you. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm waiting on God to save me. So the helicopter flies off. The water goes over his head and he drowns. He goes to heaven and he's like, God, why didn't you save me? He says, well, I sent a truck, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more do you want? And, um, but sometimes he, it's a stupid story. It's a joke, obviously, but he didn't, he didn't take any of the preparations that he had. He was saying, I'm just waiting on God to save me. No, God is not condemning preparations here. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. There is troubles that is coming. There is trials that are going to come in your life. And you should do everything you can to prepare for that. But the challenge, the, the principle in this passage is, but safety is of the Lord. What the writer of Proverbs is challenging his readers, is challenging his son. It says, you can have the greatest instruments of war available, which a horse was. It was a powerful animal in battle if you had horses you were considered to be a great power and the nation of israel didn't grow horses they had to go to egypt to get horses so a horse in in israel's army was something very important something very rare and he's saying you can have the best military equipment of the day you can have it prepared you can have it ready to go but that does not guarantee a victory when the battle comes The only thing that can guarantee a victory in the time of trial is the Lord. But safety is of the Lord. How many characters in the Bible, when they tried to protect themselves, failed utterly? I think of the story of Asa. He tried the first time when the Ethiopians came. He prayed to God and God rescued him completely and gave him a great victory. Excuse me. But then the Syrians came. And he said, well, I can handle this. Or the, um, I'm sorry, Israel came. And they began to attack his people. So what did Asa do? Did he go and pray to God? No. He went and he hired the heathen Syrians to come and attack Israel. And his plan worked perfectly. The Syrians came and attacked Israel in the north. Israel went went to defeat the Syrians. And Asa came. And wiped out the city that Israel was building there. Ter- terrific military strategy. But he brought God's judgment on his life. Because he was depending upon his own military strategy. Rather than on the power and greatness of God to deliver him. In the, in the prophets, in Jeremiah. When the Babylonians were coming to take Jerusalem. And they would eventually sack and destroy Jerusalem. And take the people captive to Babylon. Babylon. The prophets were constantly warning them, why are you trusting in Egypt? They were sending money down to Egypt saying, you're going to come and help us fight the Babylonians, right? You're going to come and help us. And all they did was take their money and do nothing about it. They were putting their trust in the army of the Egyptians rather than in God and it brought them absolutely nothing but defeat. But we also can look at lives of other people like David. Or, like Hezekiah, when he had a 185,000 men army surrounding Jerusalem. And he prayed to God and the angel of the Lord came and wiped out the entire army in one night. When we look at the stories in the Bible of those who depended upon God, who said, God, you alone are my source of strength. You alone are my refuge. You're the one who's going to t- deliver me from this hard time. We see God doing amazing things and to. De- doing absolutely wonderful victories, like dividing the Red Sea, the walls of Jericho coming down. And what Solomon is trying to teach his son here is you can have the greatest implements of war at your hand, physically speaking. You can have your horse. It can be prepared against the day of battle. But in reality, your trust needs to be in God. Because safety is not in your horse Safety is in the Lord, and the principle that I believe God wants us to get today from this verse is: there are battles coming. There are, you know what? You're going to have struggles with that coworker next to who just is loudmouthed about. His hatred for God or her, whatever it is, you're gonna have struggles with that. You're gonna have struggles with your unsaved family. You might have struggles with trying to make the finances meet and still honor God with your giving. You're gonna have trouble making it to church with traffic, with trains. With, I know Brother Franz said he finally got a new car. And that's a blessing. But it's, it's, you know, now there's other struggles. There's always something that's going to be coming up. It doesn't mean that you're only talking about facing a Goliath. Though that comes. There is daily struggles, daily battles we must fight. To think right. To talk right. To do right. To treat others right. And we can face those battles on our own. Or we can realize... That we should never face a battle without God. The two principles that are in this text. Never fight against God. It doesn't matter. No, there's no wisdom. There's no understanding. There's no counsel against the Lord. If you're trying to think of a way to get around it, stop. You can't. Just simply submit to what God has already said. There's no wisdom, understanding, and counsel against the Lord. Never fight against God. Principle number two. Never fight without God. Because safety is of the Lord. We can be as prepared as we want. But without God, we will never see the victory. So what areas of your life are you seeking God's victory? Or are you seeking to get around God? What areas in my life am I saying, well, I know what the Bible says, but I'm, let, let, let's see if we can sidestep that a little bit. Or what areas I say, well, just bless God, I'm just going to do this. And we totally forget to get on our knees and spend time with God in prayer. We, we never should fight against God. That's, that's doomed. We're never going to win. And why would we want to? God knows what's best for us anyways. God's plans are what's best for us It's not our own. How many people who have destroyed their lives because they say, I know better? I know better than my parents. I'm tired of listening to all the rules. I'm going to go join the Marine Corps. Uh, Yeah, that was something my dad said a lot growing up. And I'm like, "Hmm." well, he told me people said that anyways. And I'm like, that's nuts. Because I've seen some Marine Corps people. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense to fight against God either. It really doesn't. And it makes even less sense to fight without God. Because there's battles that we're going to face. You know what? You could say exactly the right thing and still be wrong. It's only when we are in the spirit of God and we're trying to do things the way God has wanted us to do in his power, in his might, that we truly can see the victory in these everyday battles. When I was at college, I had a natural tendency. We were having a debate. Um, in my second year of college, we were having speech and debate class. And we had a debate. And we got up there, and I was the first speaker, and so I said my piece or whatever. And then they got up to cross-examine me. Well, I'm standing there at the podium, and this girl comes up, and she's about this tall. I was doomed from the start. Because I just I just said something. She was like, please stick to yes or no answers. And I said, A loaded question deserves a loaded answer. And the whole room just got silent. Why? Did I say anything wrong? No. But I'm a guy about this tall, and she's a girl about this tall, and everybody thought I was just beating on this poor girl, which I wasn't trying to do. But the illustration of that is, you know what? Did I say anything wrong? No. But there was a spirit that came across even if I wasn't meaning it, that was totally wrong. And that's what I'm meaning by, even if you say the right thing, you know, you want to witness to that coworker, you want to tell them about the love of God, but if you're trying to do that without praying and having God help you do that, you might come across like I did standing there and saying, you know, whatever. I wasn't saying that, but that's the way I came across. And it actually hurt my team Because I came across that way. And when we're trying to do things for God, if we're not in the spirit of God, if we're not on our knees allowing God to do the work, we can hurt our testimony for Christ. We can hurt what God is trying to do because we're not allowing God to give the victory. We're not allowing God to do the work. God's word is always right. Whatever God's word has said, that's final our great thought processes or what some great man said is never going to usurp what god has already said we cannot fight against god and we should never fight without god so my question is what battles are you fighting today nobody has it could be something just in between just between you and god and god's dealing with your heart saying i want you to do this i want you to serve in this ministry I want you to start showing up for this service that you don't come to. You can say, well, you know, I I really really don't think I have the time. Or whatever your excuse is, don't fight against God. And don't fight without God. It's that simple. Two principles that you should live your life by. Don't fight against God. Fruitless. Don't fight without God. It's just as fruitless. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for how clear it is, Lord. I just pray that uh, you would speak to hearts tonight, Lord, and that you would do the work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you will have the piano.